Hi, this is your host Jojo Binks and you're listening to I Can Talk Underwater podcast where you can learn anything and everything under the sun. Pretty much, you will learn random shit. Hello everyone, welcome back to I Can Talk Underwater. Today's episode is something that perhaps I know nothing about and I'm very interested to hear about Michelle's experience and journey. So Michelle Steiner is a disability writer, advocate and paraeducator. She's been diagnosed with a learning disability and struggled academically and socially in school. A lot of people doubted her for not, maybe she won't be able to finish college or get the job that she wanted. But I really want to hear her experience on how she fought all odds to be where she is right now. Welcome, Michelle. So much for having me. I certainly appreciate it. Tell us, when did you get first diagnosed with this, with the learning disability? Diagnosed whenever I was in kindergarten. So I was around five or six years old. I was very young and very lucky because a lot of legislation was just passed a couple of years prior to my diagnosis, ensuring the children with disabilities could be in school and have the services. And not a lot of people were aware of learning disabilities during that time period. So what were your symptoms? And I would assume that came out through your school and the teachers would have talked to your parents? Yes. My kindergarten teacher noticed that I was really struggling with learning. That was something. Now, my preschool teacher thought something was going on too, but this is before they had the services available. Mm. I can remember, but my kindergarten teacher saw that I was having trouble with counting, tying my shoes, eye-hand coordination, those, and I struggled socially as well. But a lot of that was also because I was an only child for 13 years. And mm. my parents could not see a disability because they I was their first child. So they didn't know what to de- uh, have normal development, mm. what, what to base that on. Yeah. So my teacher saw all these things and she recommended that my parents get me tested for having a learning disability. And the school psychologist came in and did uh, testing. I don't remember a lot of that, but sure enough, they found out that I had a learn. I indeed had a learning disability. And this is before they even would diagnose things such as dyscalculia. We knew a lot more about dyslexia. And it was also in the beginnings of people when people knew things ADHD. And they lumped people into those categories. That I was very young when I was diagnosed, but they knew one thing. I was not going to be a mathematician at that age. <laughs> That's okay. They're boring anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tell me about this calcula, this calculia? Yeah. Uh-huh. It is a difficulty with math and I don't see numbers backwards, but I really struggle with how numbers will work. If I'm in a math class, I get lost in the steps of how to do a math problem. And even doing a ca- giving me a calculator is not something that'll help me because I could put the numbers in, but if I don't understand the, the process of how the formula works, I can still make a mistake with that. But it goes beyond just being bad at math. I cannot read the face of a clock, an analog clock. I can do a digital clock and I use my Fitbit, 
but I see numbers, I see lines on the clock, but I can't tell you what time it is unless it's time to the hour. I also struggle with how much, uh, with budgeting, how much money we have. That can be something that can be really difficult. I also, if I'm in the store, I never know how much I'm spending. And it's always a surprise to me when I go to the register, which I'm sure it is for everybody nowadays. But for me, it, it can be really a, a shock. I, and especially if I use a debit card or credit card, I will use a lot more. But it's really interesting because if you would give me $20, I have a range of what I'm spending a little easier. I, it's not perfect. But I can see the dollars and I can see the change going, but I can't see that with a debit card. And I also have trouble with when we tip servers in a restaurant, how much we have to tip. So I pull out my phone and I will, put, I have a tip app on my phone that I'm able to calculate that. It's also hard uh, with my right and my left. I'll confuse those a lot too. And sometimes if I'm in a science class, if it's, we get on to science and math are really closely related. So sometimes that'll give me some, some difficulties as well. What is then the difference between dyscalculia and dyslexia? A lot of times with dyslexia, people, it's more of a language based and a reading disorder. So some people, a lot of people will reverse number uh, letters like we think that they will. Sometimes it's how language is sound sounds that they'll get a lot of things confused and their brain has a hard time with that. And sometimes just with reading, just being able to understand what somebody is reading, that can be difficult too with language and written expression and learning disabilities come in a, a wide variety of things. It's not just one thing. It's not just math difficulties. It's not just reading. Uh, there's language there is also things that, that can happen with auditor, auditory processing disorders. I also have some things that come about that are associated with having a learning with my math disability. Some of the symptoms overlap. For example, I have uh, visual perception issues, but it's not in my eyes, it's in my brain. So it wow. affects my reaction time mm. and I'm not able to drive because of it. And mm. I can trip over, I can trip over air. And when I was young, we just thought, okay, yeah, you're just uncoordinated and gym class was, is going to be hard for your competitive mm. sports. Mm. But when I got older, we realized driving was going to be an issue. And I also have limited hand dexterity in both of my hands. And that wasn't diagnosed until I was an adult. We always knew I had bad handwriting, but we thought, okay, that's just part of the, the learning disability. But it made sense when things were dropping out of my hands and I couldn't unlock doors and my fine motor skills were affected too. So a lot of these symptoms with having it add to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's interesting because it's not just the maths, it's everything else that comes with it. And then if you compound all that in one person, it would be very yeah. difficult. Having all those symptoms, how was mm -hmm. your childhood? My childhood, I had a great set of parents that explained my disability to me in simple age-appropriate terms and didn't mm -hmm. give up on me and advocated for me. But there, that it was really difficult when I was in school. I can remember just wanting to learn like the other students and wanting to be accepted, and those things just did not happen for me. 
I had to repeat kindergarten and began to receive uh, specialty instructions in a different school. And it was a very small school district where everybody knew each other. And if you were one of them, you fit in. And having my disability made me stick out in a way that wasn't really positive. And when I was really young, they would just, my peers would just not want to play with me, or you weren't invited to a birthday party, or I didn't want to be your friend, or I didn't want to play with you on the playground. But whenever I got through uh, high school, it got a lot more difficult for me socially. Academically, I had a better handle on things. I was in all regular ed classes except for math and a resource room. But socially, that's when it became a lot harder. The bullying really intensified. Everybody seemed like they had a group that they hung out with, somebody they could associate with. And I just didn't feel like I fit in anywhere. And a lot of students at that point were really um, becoming a lot ruder towards me. And there was just that gap was really uh, more evident. And one of the things that I started to do was I found a group outside of our school that was a faith-based art group. And I started to write for their newsletter and I did a lot of volunteer work. I found other people that really liked me for who I was. I could shed that reputation that I had for all those years and surrounding me as being the outcast and the one that nobody really liked. And I found acceptance with this group. And that made it a lot easier when I went into school and I would have people that would pick on me or would bully me. I didn't care as much because I had another place where I was able to have acceptance and I found other people that shared the same interest. And writing has always been healing for me. Even when I was a small child, my dad saw a story about a dinosaur that I wrote and thought it was really good. And when I finally got into that writing group, I found other people that like to write, some other, some like music, some like to draw. Eventually that group uh, went our separate ways, but I found another group and it was an adult writing group that they, it was people were just a couple of years older than I was. And I would bring my stuff in and I would read. And these people, we still meet once a month, 20 some years later. Wow. And they got to see me not only grow as a writer, but as a person. Look, I'm sorry that you had to deal with that in high school. I know high school kids, they can be bitches. But I suppose for both of us, we're lucky that we didn't have social media back in the days because (laughs) I think I would have struggled personally. And I I, I don't have learning disability and I struggle at school. And I can just imagine with how you went through. And I think that's one of the blessings in disguise that we both didn't have to go through that. And I feel for those kids these days that the social media, the bullying follows them after school. And I like the fact that you have these initiatives that, okay, cool. I'm not finding my people here at school, but I'm going to find them somewhere else. That is really awesome because other people would have given up and feel like a victim, but you didn't do that. You found a way to find your people, find the things that you love doing. And your writing is incredible. Like I was reading your blog and I wish I could write as as well as you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. I, I appreciate you. Yeah, hearing that. So other than finding 
other people that shared interest with you, what are the strategies that you did to cope with your learning disabilities with the dyscalculia? The main symptoms of that is bad with numbers. Did you, is this one of the things that I'm not good at it? I'm just going to put it aside. Don't give a crap. I'm not even going to learn about it. Or is that something that you work really hard to get to even just like the basic level of math so you can understand things in real world? Did was. I knew that this was always going to be a concern of mine. I knew I wanted to go to college. For me, I had accommodations uh, for, for that, I always had the test read aloud. I always needed to have a learning support class to be successful with it. And I just knew that when I went in there, it was, that was going to be a struggle. And I was right. And I doubted whether I could do college and I wasn't alone in that. I had a learning support teacher who didn't think that I could do it. And I didn't think I could. And she suggested a trade school, but that just didn't seem right to me because there was nothing there that really interested me. Hmm. And some of the trades a lot of people think, oh, because you're not going to college, that must be easy. But some of them would involve a lot more math and a lot more of that stuff. And I didn't have the passion or the desire. And I certainly didn't have the aptitude to do that. I did have some people that really supported me. I had a learning support teacher, a student teacher who told me I could go to college and they had disability accommodations. And when I got to college, a lot of people didn't think that having extended test time or having a test read aloud was fair. And I didn't use them and my grades suffered. I had to learn that the hard way that I needed to use those accommodations to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I think it was also finding the right program for me. Mm-hmm. I needed to find something that was not going to have a lot of math and a lot of science because I knew those were going to be the classes that I struggled with. and. If I got involved with a lot of that, especially when I had the opportunity to go to university, despite being told I I wouldn't go beyond community college later on, I had to be really careful in the, the program that I decided I wanted to study and something that I had a passion for to give me that motivation, but also something that was not going to be a certified teacher. I took a lot of heat from people that said, why don't you become an elementary school teacher? If you could just get your act together, you could be a teacher. And I had to tell a lot of those people that just wasn't going to be working out for me. Yeah. Did you end up finishing college? I did. Oh my God. I did. I got my associate's degree in early childhood education and I moved out on my own. And that was a time where I didn't think it would be possible And I always wanted more for myself. And for financial reasons, I had to move back in with my parents. And that was the time that I decided I was going to go to university and get my bachelor's degree. And I found the right program. And by that point, I didn't really, I had more of an attitude where I didn't care if other people thought that I was cheating if I used accommodations or I I just went forward and I tried to silence a lot of that. And I had the note taker. I had the extended test time and I made Dean's list. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I made it for one semester, but my grades improved and it was just a, a better experience for me because I was using the accommodations and I was in the right program. 
and a lot of things with learning disabilities, a lot of people think, oh, there must be a cure or it's the light bulb's going to go off and you're going to understand math or you're going to be able to drive. And sometimes that doesn't happen. And I have to find a way around the solution. And it's a constant, okay, how are we going to address this problem? It's being a creative problem solver to uh, be able to live and to have a great life. Yeah, I, I like that. Congratulations. Despite all of your disadvantages, you can find a way to make it happen. And with my work, I always tell my staff that everyone always look at your weaknesses on how you can improve that. And they ended up forgetting what are your strengths because mm-hmm. they always want to work on your weaknesses. So I go, no. We need to work on your strengths because this is what you're going to be good at. Yes, we can improve your weakness. That's great. But I don't want you to be doing something you don't like doing. Just like what you're doing. You're so good with writing and educating people and you focus on that. And I I truly love that. Thank you so much. Yeah. It is so much more empowering me for me to focus on what I'm good at rather than what I'm bad at. If I wanted to focus in on doing math, I was, I'm going to be frustrated. If I wanted to focus in on doing some career that I couldn't do, but everyone says is easy, that's going to make me sad. But if I focus on writing and reading and educating other people, then that is so much more empowering for me to do. And I get a lot of satisfaction from that. Yeah, because you're going to do a good job. When you do a yeah. good job, you're like mm-hmm. pat on the back. It's, oh my God, I'm so awesome. Also, I was reading on your blog. For me, I don't think there's a direct correlation to learning Mm -hmm. disability and finding love. But did you find that difficult at all? There was a difficulty with finding somebody that did accept my disability for a while. I can even remember when I was an intern at community college, I had somebody who was single and they said, oh, you may never find somebody because of your disability. And I can remember being really afraid of that whenever I was young. And I couldn't separate that this was somebody that chose that lifestyle and it didn't work out for her. But she was right. I did have some difficulties with that. I can remember I had a person that I was dating breaking up with me and saying that I could drive if I really wanted to, and he was tired of taking me places. And some people were just saying, I don't want to be with you because of your disability. Some guys were uh, very upfront about that. And I wondered all the time, am I going to meet somebody? And I got into some really broken relationships with other people, and it just didn't seem like anything was really working out. And I finally was just so tired of all these duds that I prayed, and I said, God, don't send somebody to me until it's the right person. And other than maybe having one other person that I had a relationship that didn't work out and it was so brief that it really didn't matter, I didn't see anybody else and until I met my husband and I couldn't have planned this. And that's the beauty of it. I was volunteering at an art center and I was walking down the street and I had a red dress on And he saw me and he was like, oh, who's that girl? Where's she going? And it turns out we were both going to the art center. He was playing guitar that night and he got in. He's like, oh, she's going to the art center. Awesome. That's where I'm going. And when we got it, when we got there, he, we found out we had mutual friends. And that whole summer we got to know each other and be friends with each other. 
and we had our first date right before Christmas. He was living somewhere else for a while um, with a job and was switching jobs over that summer. And ever since, yeah, we've been together and we've been married. We'll be married nine years in in June. That's amazing. Uh, You are just fighting all odds and you have been disproving these people that have telling you that you cannot do something and you rise above that adversity and you just grab what you wanted and such an inspiration. Closing off, what would be your advice to people that have learning disability? My advice for people that have learning disabilities would be not to give up. If you want to do something, it may not cut, may not be exactly how you planned it, but there are solutions and ways to do that. And it's finding what you want and finding a way to be able to do that. And I always love to tell people too that success doesn't always come in the package that you expect. Sometimes it comes in something even better. Yeah, exactly. And also for people that don't have learning disability, they need mm-hmm. to be more empathetic, understanding of mm-hmm. the differences that people around them be kind. And it doesn't mean that they have learning disability. They won't be able to communicate with you and have a deep conversation mm-hmm. with you. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming to my podcast. And I really enjoyed this episode because as mentioned, I don't know much about this topic mm-hmm. and I've always, I'm always willing to learn and have an open mind to, to understand people's point of view and experiences. And you're such an inspiration. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. I certainly, it's been a pleasure. What an inspirational story. I truly applaud her for being so determined to get what she wanted in life. I also respect her parents for supporting her since she was little and encouraging her to to do things that she want to do in life. I remember one of my friends told me that when her one of her children was diagnosed with autism, she mentioned that going through the NDIS process, the National Disability Insurance Scheme, wasn't the hard part. She said that the hardest part of it all was to accept that your child has a disability. For a mom, that's very difficult to swallow, I would assume. And that basically broke her heart. But she did everything that she could to make sure that her child will live a normal life. And she does. You know, when I meet her, I don't even see that she has an autism because she has been on therapy since she was very young. And I do highly respect all those parents that support their children no matter what. So that's it. I hope you learned something from this episode. Also, this episode is my penultimate episode of the season. I cannot believe that this season is nearly over. Thank you so much for all the listeners that followed me in this journey. I truly appreciate each and one of you. And yeah, I look forward to speak to you next week. Love you long time. Bye.